Good Saturday evening and welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong, alongside me, the regular cast of characters here. We've got Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights. Good evening, Nicole. Woohoo! Glad to be here. All right. I got a woohoo. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And we've got Cooper Linton, the, uh, I, he's not the emperor, but. Uh, what, <laughs> no, no I, I don't he, think I have a title. He is no. certainly not the emperor. <laughs> no, he's not the emperor <laughs> no. of Transitions Life Care, but he's, uh, he's an important guy. Let's I'm say in, that. I am privileged to work there. Very good. Well, we're going to get into uh, an interesting topic or something that I'm interested in, and I don't think we've talked about this since uh, I've been associated with the program, but uh, we've got uh, a, a guest on the line, and I won't keep him holding on any, long, any longer, Cooper. Who do we have? We have Ashley Garner with Transport for Seniors, and we know that transportation issues continue to emerge as one of the foremost challenges that caregivers face. It comes out every time we do a community survey, every time we look at resources and the absence of resources in our community for patients and caregivers, transportation comes up near the top of the list. Ashley, it seems like you've got a strategy for addressing this. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Yes, absolutely. Um, According to the Population Bureau, um, the baby boomers with the senior population will double from the 46 million to 98 million. So obviously there's a lot more seniors out there that have these transportation needs. Um, Also, they said that the education levels go from 5% to 25%. So they're more likely to continue activities and really desire to get out there more. Um, Another piece of information that they shared is uh, one-fourth of the senior women uh, live alone. So this can impact their mental health and decrease, um, you know, their uh, mood and increase the risk of depression because they're not interacting. They're not out there. I have a client right now that when we first met her and started uh, serving her, she was agitated. Depression was at a high because she couldn't get out. And now we're able to meet her, take her out, uh, hold her bags, really encourage um, her day. And now she's happier than ever. And she's You know, Ashley, um, that, that, that's a really good point. And, you know, you've been working in the, the senior care industry for quite some time now. I've had the privilege, privilege of working with you for a number of years. And, you know, this is, a, this is sort of a new transition for you. And it's certainly a much-needed service. I think, you know, in, in, in my work with Transitions Guiding Lights, one of the things that creates folks to have a need to potentially perhaps move out of home before their time, as I like to think about it, is the fact that they can't get places. So similar to the client that you were just speaking about, you know, um, not being able to get to your doctor's appointments or not being able to get to social groups. You know, a lot of people don't have family that are able to shuttle them back and forth. And, um, you know, I, I come from an area previously that had such a robust transportation system for older adults. When I moved here to North Carolina, I was a bit taken aback by the lack of transportation services for older adults. And I know, you know, in certain groups that I'm part of, it comes, it usually comes up as one of the biggest issues that are facing older adults in our area is the fact that we can't get them places. Um, So is that part of the reason why you started this organization? And, and, you know, what, what do you see as a potential fix? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my grandparents struggled. They were, just like you said, Nicole, 
Um, you know, now most people are working in the homes. You've got the, you know, um, mother or the father or, you know, they're both, they're both out there working and they're trying to take care of their parents. And unfortunately, you know, um, they're having to move away from their senior. They're not being able to get them out as much, et cetera. So, when I saw this happen with my grandparents, I said, there's got to be a solution for this. Um, historically, it's just been city transportation solutions. So it's been carts or taxis or Uber or Lyft. And now, thankfully, there's more options out there. Um, you know, it's not just, uh, hey, let's send mom, you know, through Uber or cart or whatever. And she has to wait for a while to get picked back up. Um, for me, you know, providing that peace of mind and brighter day, you know, taking things off the daughter and son's to-do list and ultimately caring and being respectful to their senior um, is really what we want to do. Um, we want them to give, to really have another option than just, you know, uh, taking the city transportation, et cetera. So when my grandparents were struggling with this, my mom and my uncle both worked. And then I had, you know, my grandmother had moderate dementia and my grandfather who was uh, dealing with lung cancer. So unfortunately, because they both had families of their own and schedules, um, they ultimately were the ones impacted negatively. Um, they would have to switch their appointments according to the son or daughter's, you know, um, schedule, et cetera. Now they don't have to do that, you know. When transport for seniors, we um, come to them, you know, and we're, we become like a family or a friend um, and just wanting to take care of them, bring a peace of mind to the adult children and then help them have a brighter day um, because of all the people out there. We really feel like seniors have paid their dues and uh, really deserve the respect and one-on-one care that they deserve. You know, I recently uh, heard a, a- uh, a big piece of news that really made a splash nationally talking about obviously the, the huge increase in the baby boober population and what they're seeing even you know and it almost seems like this is something that could be an add-on to what you're doing but you know in, in the very near future they're saying one of the biggest opportunities for um, people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs is providing transportation for older adults and then attaching that with a concierge type service. So not only doing the transportation, but also, you know, doing the grocery shopping or picking up the the, the laundry or, or that sort of a thing. And, you know, these are all sort of add-ons that they're, they're expecting that baby boomers are going to want as they age. And again, these are things that just become difficult for people as they get older and it's just an opportunity for people, you know, to also capitalize on that financially by creating a business. But I would suspect, you know, you mentioned sort of Uber and Lyft and taxis, and I would suspect you need to really hire a certain type of person to do this type of work. Um, so, you know, when folks are thinking about pr- arranging for transportation for a loved one, what are some of the things they should consider before they hire a company? Absolutely. Well, I would um, definitely look at the natural passion. You know, the employees I hire um, have that natural passion of wanting to deliver that respect um, to the seniors out there. Um, Also, you know, someone that has uh, experience navigating appointments. You know, I've worked in senior communities at the hospital, you know, an office manager at a doctor's office, etc. So, Thankfully, we're very um, specialized in logistics and how to best care for our seniors. 
So if they're out there looking, you need to look for respect. You know, is it something that um, they really enjoy doing and they're passionate about the seniors? Because, you know, honestly, um, you're, you know, you're just going to want, you're going to want to uh, give the seniors the best respect and best treatment possible. So you want somebody that's patient. You want somebody that's kind. You want somebody that's going to be there just like the daughter or sons would be there, you know, kind of be their eyes and ears and treat them the same way we would treat our own parents um, or, you know, our own uh, seniors that are in our life. So that's definitely something that I would encourage, um, that natural passion and then um, really um, the love and respect that they want to give to seniors. So I would imagine as well, you know, that this is a service that might get a little sticky sometimes when you're picking up somebody and perhaps they might need some physical assistance. Um, I know we have to take a break in just a few few seconds here, but when we come back, I'd love to talk a little bit about what makes your service different than perhaps hiring a private duty home care agency. Yeah, we'll do that in just a bit. Our guest this evening is Ashley Gardner. She's the owner of Transport for Seniors, and we will continue our conversation in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno, and Cooper Linton alongside me, and our guest this evening is Ashley Garner. She's the uh, owner of Transport for Transport for Seniors, and this is a, this has been a, an enlightening conversation because, you know, I think, Nicole, we kind of take for granted that uh, we can just grab the keys, hop in a car and go get where we need to go. But um, if sometimes if you're a caregiver or if you've got a a loved one who's a little bit older, that that luxury isn't there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge problem. I mean, that's it's a huge conversation that families have all the time. They're trying to make the decision. Is it time to take the car keys away? So to speak, I hate even using that language. But, you know, sometimes it becomes dangerous to be on the road when you're older but you know and I think sometimes families just kind of let it go on too because then if they take the car keys away they have to do all that and it's just hard it's just hard to juggle it all so but driving is a mark of independence I mean when you think about it it's it's why you know kids will look forward to being 16 they look forward to getting that driver's license (laughs) we may not always look forward to them being on the road with us but we I just had this conversation with my godson last week. He just got his learner's permit. Mm. He and I went out for a ride together. Actually, <laughs> he did great. He was awesome. Um, but it's an independence issue. And the particular baby boomer population, they have been defined by their self-directedness, their independence, mm. and they don't want to lose that. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's an opportunity for maybe I'm not the driver, but I'm still the director. I still have my independence. I still get to go shop. I still get to go to the movies I can do those things yeah. if I have someone who can augment my essentially my deficit and ability to self-transport I mean as much as I love being in my home the thought of not being able to leave my home when I want to is it's I mean it will become an enclosed jail cell pretty fast <laughs> well getting there and feeling like you're stuck there are two different yeah, things yeah definitely so but before the break we talked briefly um, about sort of the situation that you may face I can imagine you know when you when you're picking somebody up and you notice that perhaps they need some more assistance 
and I know you have to have specific licensure to be a private duty home care agency. How does that differ from what you're doing? And you know, how do you make a decision about whether or not a client is appropriate for you, for those listening? Absolutely. Um, well, like you guys were just speaking of, you know, we want to respect their independence as much as possible because, you know, working with seniors for nine years now, um, the last thing I want to do is take away their independence. So I like to kind of talk to my families um, and say, you know, I'm kind of a bridge between the caregiving um, companies. There are plenty of awesome caregiving companies out there, but I, I really um, kind of help out the niche before then. So say, you know, mom's had some recent falls or she's had an accident or something like that. They're kind of scared. They want a solution. But like you guys mentioned, they don't want to feel like they're taking everything away from them, their independence. As a matter of fact, I have a few that still drive, but they call on us if they have a longer, you know, uh, drive to go or say they just want to go, you know, um, to a medical appointment. And gosh, I don't know about you guys, but those can be overwhelming just when you show up to a medical building and you have no idea how to navigate that. And I can't tell you how many times that it has been such an honor to be out there with our seniors and be that help, be that one-on-one. And then as they start uh, need more medical care, then we can definitely be the ones that, you know, refer uh, different companies out there that would continue that passion, but also respecting their independence and letting them do as much as possible because hey, we Ashley? don't want to take it away. If they are, if they are independent, you know, they get in and out of our cars um, all the time, you know, but we're still going to open the doors out of respect and, but we're going to encourage every independence that they have. So ultimately their morale is boosted as much as it can be. Ashley, as we look at these services being available to folks, one of the questions we very typically ask is, you know, how do I afford this? What kind of expenses associated with it? Can you help us understand, you know, what kind of financial resources it may take to use um, an organization like Transport for Seniors? Absolutely. So there's several options. And one of the things we offer is a free consult. And we go out and we talk to the senior and or family and see if we're a good fit. Because by all means, if we're not, then we don't want to leave them stranded. We want to kind of, you know, say, hey, okay, go towards this avenue or go to this option and see if this is a better option for you. Um, You know, if they are more budget minded and they do have more financial restraints, then, you know, the Uber, the Lyft, that may be an option. Um, We look at it a little differently because if we can come and be kind of like their um, right-hand person and get to know them, then we can we can notice different things are going on. Say they have a UTI and their personality is different. That's not something that our Uber Lyft will, you know, notate. Where we, we really care about the senior, so we're going to go above and beyond. And we do. We actually charge a minimum of an hour, and then after that, every 30 minutes, to really save the seniors as much as possible. A lot of, you know, companies out there require three hours. That's one of the reasons why we start at an hour, because we want to be as affordable as possible. But then you think about it, if you book an appointment with one of the other options, if you're more budget-friendly, and then say the senior gets out and they have no clue where to go, well, then they miss that appointment. And then it ends up costing them more because they're having to rebook another transportation option to get mom back over there. So just for a point of clarification, um, 
when you are transporting a, a senior, older adult um, person with a chronic condition, I'm sure it sort of ex- expands through all different levels of people who need help. Um, you know, is it literally a pick them up at their home door and then drop them off at their next location, or do you actually escort them? You know, if they needed to go grocery shopping, are you there with them, or is it more just a you know pick up and drop off scenario? Nicole, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that we really um, enjoy doing and what makes Transport for Seniors a little bit different is we come into their home and we're notating their mood um, just because we know, medically speaking, that, hey, if something's off, they may have a UTI that we need to, you know, talk to the adult kids or not. And then also, we get what they're wanting to do. So it may be a medical appointment. Last week, I helped one of my seniors go grocery shopping. She wanted to go uh, last weekend, daughter got busy. They didn't, you know, be, they weren't able to get out and go. So we went to the grocery store. I carried all her bags and it really kind of helped on her. But she was able to knock out her grocery list. So absolutely. Um, also had a client last week that she was um, felt a little agitated about a cabinet that was um, uber cluttered and she wanted to take care of that. So we sat right there with her. And helped her. Now, we don't get into any medical arenas because there's definitely plenty of experts out there to do that. And that's not our scope. Um, but we are, we do become family. We do become friends. We do get to know our clients on more of a personal level. But yeah, we do stay away from the medical. There are plenty of awesome people out there that can help in that arena. Could you give me an idea? We talked a little bit about the minimum time of being an hour. Could you help me understand kind of what would an hour of time cost, Ashley? Sometimes we need to get granulars. What kind of money are we talking about here if I'm a family member and I'm looking for options? And it may be that I'm, I'm paying for this myself or I'm a, I'm a loved one paying for it for the person I'm taking care of. What kind of, what kind of uh, costs am I expecting? Uh, great question. So one of the things, one of the most general prices out there, and this is just from several different people that offer transportation, is typically they start around 20 an hour. Um, however, that may be more of the drop-off pickup. We're not staying with them. And then it goes on up depending on their needs. So one of the kind of the VIP programs that I have with my seniors is that is the ones that we come in to their home. We have their agenda for the day. And then if we are going into medical appointments, we're taking notes, and then we email that report back to the adult daughter or son just like they were there. Um, so it really, I would say it starts around 20 and then goes up depending on what the needs are. So, Ashley, if people wanted to get a hold of you, uh, do you have a website? How do they go ahead and schedule? How, how do we start this process? Absolutely, yes. They can go to www.transportthenumber4seniors.com or email us at info at transportforseniors.com. And then we also have a Facebook page, and you can actually go on my Facebook page, Transport for Seniors, book. They can actually look at the calendar and book, or they can reach out to us, and we can give them a um, free consultation. Also on my website, there's a contact me um, so they can fill out their information if it's an adult daughter or son that's looking, and we can definitely reach out to them and see if we could schedule that free consult and see if we're a good fit. Very good. Ashley Garner, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Thanks for this opportunity, and hopefully it will allow me to reach more seniors and, uh, and really give them the respect and 
peace of mind and brighter days. Thank you guys for this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you here on News Radio 680 WPTF. And this show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care. And representing Transitions Life Care is Cooper Linton, representing Transitions Guiding Lights, Nicole Bruno. I am Jason Kong, and we've uh, we're having a good show tonight. And we're going to uh, get into another topic here. And Cooper, we have a uh, a home show on WPTF uh, airs on on Sundays. And, um, you know, is that what you're talking about with home health? I know we're going to talk about home health. Yeah, it's not about keeping your house healthy. No mold and mildew? It's not no, mold okay. and mildew repair. <laughs> we ha- we have on occasion had people apply for jobs saying, look, I'm really good at taking care of home improvement jobs. I think I'll be great in the home health business. Uh, <laughs> it's a little different than that. But a lot of consumers are confused by what is home health and who pays for it. But we also get into what are the differences between one home health agency and another. And when we talk about being able to make decisions, informed decisions for ourselves or for our loved ones, we need to know where to go to get information for that. And Heather Jones is joining us uh, tonight. She is the Associate Vice President of Quality Initiatives and State Relations with the Association for Home and Hospice Care in North Carolina. Heather, we're glad you joined us. Glad to be with you. Heather, I'd love to know, just to start everybody off on, on an even playing field here that, that's listening tonight, what exactly is home health? Well, home health is a very specific type of care. Um, one of the primary payers of that is the Medicare program that would impact um, our senior population, and it's a very specific benefit under the Medicare um program that provides care for patients in their home that are in need of, well, I guess, the terminology that they use is intermittent skilled care. So that means that you need the services of a nurse or a therapist to help you recover from a recent surgery or an injury, or you need somebody to come in and help make sure that what you're doing is safe in your home. So it's something where they're not going to be with you full time, but it's something that's intended to be on a short-term basis for them to be able to come in, get you back on your feet, and to help you to be able to maintain your independence at home. So for those listening, so this is all about restoring lost ability. So this is for folks that are, you know, in the recovery phase, making gains. It's not necessarily, because there's a lot of confusion about, you know, the difference between home health and private duty in-home care, where uh, the way I understand it is that home health is about restoring lost ability and private duty home care, which is not covered by Medicare, is about maintaining where you're at. Is that correct? More custodial care. Yeah, more custodial. To some degree, Medicare will pay for um, you to be able to maintain your level of independence if that does require the services of a skilled professional. Um, There was actually a lawsuit in recent years that said that there doesn't have to be what they would call an improvement standards, that you have to actually improve on your ability in order to receive home health services. I think the, the difference between home health 
and more what we would term private duty or personal care is looking at the extended nature that's needed of that care, like that term custodial care. And also for home health patients, they really need the services of a skilled professional, a nurse or therapist, but certainly aid services who come in and help that patient to be able to do um, their activities of daily living can certainly be a part of what the home health agency can work with that, that patient on. But the home health side, though, you know, that's definitely, you know, somebody's not there for eight hours of a block of time. This is more you're sort of in and out doing that one uh, type of uh, covering that one type of need, whereas the private duty, the people are there, you know, somewhere two, three, four, five, up to 24 hours a day, which is another key difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a key difference. And and certainly one of the other key definition differences between um, home health care under a Medicare program is that the patient has to meet what's called home-bearing criteria. So that means that not that they can't leave the home, but it's something that is very difficult for them to do. It's not something that they can do independently, and they're actually leaving the home is something that happens on an infrequent basis. So that's something that in order for that to be um, a part of what the Medicare program will pay for for that particular patient. Um, it, the patient has to meet that criteria. So, Heather, I've picked up many, many brochures for home health agencies out there, and I've never picked up one that says, our home health agency is awful, you shouldn't pick us. They all say <laughs> great things about whatever company printed that material. So, as a consumer, how do I know which organizations are better fit for me? And is there a place that I can go to see a comparison of home health agencies, kind of apples to apples? Well, sure. Well, we would certainly say that the state of North Carolina has a very large number of of great uh, home health agencies that are across the state. Um, And Medicare would agree with us uh, to a large degree on that. One of the tools that Medicare has provided for consumers to be able to go out and find information on agencies within the state and around the country is called Home Health Compare. Um, It lives on the Medicare consumer website, which is medicare.gov. That's the place probably you've been to before if you've been looking for that um, Medicare and Me guidebook and looking at, you know, what the Medicare program covers for you. And right on that Uh, main page. It has information on finding home health services. And if you click on that link, it takes you directly to www.medicare.gov slash home health compare. And on that website, you can enter information on what state you're looking for information on home health agencies. You can enter it by zip code. Um, You can enter it by the town that you're interested in finding information on um, any of those, um, you know, as big as having a state or as narrow as having a particular zip code you can use to be able to pull up information on the home health agencies that are in your area. So, Heather, when I I get the question, how do I find a home health agency that serves my area, Medicare.gov and the home health compare portion of Medicare.gov has that capacity. I can put in the zip code of where I live and it'll tell me all the Medicare-certified home health agencies that serve where I live, right? That is correct. And you can even search by name. So if you had a friend or neighbor or family member who had experience with a particular agency and you were looking for information on that agency, you can put in 
their partial name or what you think their name is, and that, that search will help you to be able to narrow down who that agency is and to be able to find information specifically on them. So what's the compare part? How do I th- – this helps me find one, but what's the compare part of Home Health Compare? Well, once you enter a particular location or agency name that you're looking for, and it brings up a list of agencies for that particular area, what you would find is an opportunity to be able to select three of them to be able to see information um, for those particular agencies. And the information that you will find there is what CMS gathers from agencies on what we call quality measures. So a part of what they're required to do in order to be able to provide care to to Medicare beneficiaries is that they have to collect and report quality measures back to the Medicare program. And so what's reported on Home Health Compare is just a small portion of those. Um, What we have now are 18 measures. Um, So you'll see things out there like how many of their patient population improved in a particular skill like bathing or walking or being able to dress themselves and looking at things like how many of their patients had an emergency department visit as during the time period they were being cared for by that agency, how many of their patients had to be returned to the hospital, um, at, you know, during the time period that they were being cared for for that home health agency. So it gives you just a small snapshot. Um, there are a lot more measures that the agencies collect and use as part of their internal quality improvement efforts, but this is just a small portion of those that um, Medicare has put out there to the public for you to be able to see. And then if you wanted to look at an individual agency or you could choose up to three at a time to be able to see those in a comparison format and to see how they look compared that agency compared to a state average and also compared to a national average. So, Heather, we're, we're going to go to break here in just a second, but I want to pick up where you're leaving off when we come back. And I also want to talk about hospice because there's now a new tool for hospice comparison for the consumer as well. We will do that in just a bit. Our guest this evening is Heather Jones. She is the Associate Vice President for Quality Initiatives and State Relations for the Association for Home and Hospice Care of North Carolina. We'll continue our discussion here on home health and hospice care in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong, Cooper Linton, and Nicole Bruno alongside me, and we're talking to Heather Jones. She's the Associate Vice President for Quality Initiatives and State Relations at the Association for Home and Hospice Care of North Carolina. And Cooper, we're going to get into a conversation about hospice care in comparison in just a bit, but uh, we, you had a few more questions on home health that we need to get to. Well, before we went to break, Heather, you were mentioning some of the components that were used in Home Health Compare. And, you know, there's a number of quality measures which are reported on this website, Medicare.gov, that the consumer can go look at. Help me understand, if I'm a consumer, what do you think are some of the key things I need to compare between, between home health agencies? And 
what are some ways that I can help determine which one might be the best fit for me? And, and frankly, Heather, why should I care, too? Well, sure. I mean, I think uh, consumers should care because the Medicare program cares very much about that, and they very much want to ensure that the quality of care that you and your family member receive from all kinds of healthcare providers is the, the best that it can be. So they've really set some some very strong measures that are out there and that they are holding agencies accountable for and putting the information out there for you all to be able to to see it. Um, I think one of the first things I would encourage you to do is to look at the individual agencies and to see how they compare to the state average and then also how they compare to the national average and looking at, you know, where those those areas are where there might be some opportunities for, for improvement. Um, certainly ones um, that are reported on the Home Health Compare website, um, there are some things that are, I would say, much more in line with functional improvement. So looking at the patient's ability to, to get around, uh, patient's ability to um, improve on their independence at bathing themselves, looking at whether or not they had their pain managed appropriately. So there are, you know, a number that are that are that sort of thing. And then there's other things that I, I would consider to be probably um, less of an indication of quality. So looking at whether or not the home health agency had the patient receive a flu shot, certainly that that's something that's important, but that's not the whole role of the, the home health agency. So I might look at that one a little bit, a little bit, you know, less um, less carefully for that one. And certainly this is just a starting point. There are other sources of information available to you. Certainly your family physicians looking at um, giving that agency a call and asking them questions about the care that they provide for their patients. Um, so, you know, really it's something that's meant to be a discussion starter, not really the end of the conversation for choosing who you would like to partner with for the, the care and for you or for your family member. Well, and Heather, I, one of the key pieces of this is really want to encourage our listeners that if they're going to make a decision about home health and that they turn out that they need this, they think they're going to need this, do their research. You know, we spend more time shopping for a washer and a dryer than we do really shopping and comparing the quality of care that's going to come into our home, that's going to impact our functional status. And we really need to spend some time looking at how does the, how do these quality indicators suggest that I'm going to be treated under the care of one particular organization. So strongly encourage people to be in, in, informed consumers of home health services. If we can touch a little bit on hospice compare, that's a brand new brand new opportunity for consumers to self-educate. Uh, just a month ago, it didn't exist, and now it does online. Could you talk to us a little bit about hospice compare? Sure. Hospice Compare is the latest in the lineup of um, compare websites that are available to you on Medicare.gov. Um, it was just rolled out on August 16th, so it is brand new for us. And it looks a little different if you go out there and look at Home Health Compare and you look at um, how Hospice Compare looks. Um, Hospice Compare being one of the newer ones, it's based on a different sort of model. It still has all of the same features for you, um, but the look and feel of it is a little different. And I think Home Health Compare is going to uh, 
be more modernized at, at some point. But, you know, the same opportunities for you to be able to search on a state level or down to a local zip code level or by an agency name um, to be able to look for information on that individual hospice and also the opportunity for you to choose up to three at a time to be able to compare side by side. Different than on Home Health Compare, Hospice Compare at this point only has seven quality measures that are available to you to be able to see how um, things are looking for that agency. Um, And a little different um, than what we see on Home Health Compare, which we didn't mention, um, there's not a star rating, but that is something that the Medicare program will be rolling out for the Hospice Compare website in the future. So, Heather, you know, I think differently from home health, I think people think hospice is hospice. You know, they'll just, nine times out of ten when you talk to somebody, they said, yeah, my mom was on hospice, my dad was on hospice. Where when you talk about home health, they'll probably name the particular company. So for those listening, you know, it may may become a shock that you actually do have a choice in what hospice you choose. And... They're you not know, all related. They're not all the same. They're not provided are they? by the government. I know, but but, I, but I, I do believe most people believe most hospice are are the same, and they're all nonprofit. And and so let's shed some light on that. Well, you know, Nicole, I had an interesting conversation with an oncologist one time who shared with me, and the direct quote was, "Hospice is hospice is hospice." And yeah. my response was, "Well, then, is an oncologist an oncologist an oncologist?" Did all of you graduate first in class? I don't know how the math works on that. Mm-hmm. And so as an informed consumer, shouldn't I be looking at who can do a better job for me, who's a better match for my family and my loved one, whether I'm looking at hospice care or home health compare or even nursing homes? Well, and I think that the hard part, too, is you know when people are having the conversation about hospice, sadly, and we all can get on our soapboxes about this, most of the time people are on it in the last couple of weeks of life unfortunately people don't get the benefit of it as long as they as they should and could and so it's i think it's really hard for families to even think about you know if their doctor just says they need to go on hospice here go go to this one to even think about the fact that they have a choice because they're in such a crisis driven mode so what my hope would be is that you know perhaps this information would get out to physicians and, and the folks that are actually referring organizations so that they can better uh, make an informed decision and, and help direct the, the families to, to a proper choice. Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, there's not just one hospice in the state. Um, if you look on the Hospice Compare website for the state of North Carolina, there are 287 that are listed. Um, so there are a large number of organizations across the state. You know, some of those are affiliated with each other where they just have one located in this county or another county. But it is something that um, there is an overwhelming number of, of organizations that are available to serve you and your family. And, and I would say probably very similar to the folks who are in need of um, a skilled nursing facility care who go out to the nursing home compare website, but that's often a family that is in crisis. And so having experience with these tools and being able to know what's available to you out there before that time of need is very helpful and to be able to, to be able to sort that out and to see what your options are and to know who you would like to call upon when that time came. Well, Heather, I think it's really important that people understand that there is an option 
They can plan ahead. They can be forward thinking about either their use of home health or their use of hospice and that there is a location that they can become an informed consumer and typically informed consumers have better outcomes. They select better services that match their needs. Uh, Again, that website is medicare.gov, medicare.gov, and you can look for home health agencies or hospice agencies. Heather, thank you for coming on with us uh, this evening and sharing your insight and expertise. We deeply appreciate that. Very nice to be with you. That is Heather Jones. She is the Associate Vice President for Quality Initiatives and State Relations for the Association for Home and Hospice Care of North Carolina. We thank her very much for joining us this evening. also want to thank Ashley Garner with the uh, Transport for Seniors uh, outfit there, and she's the owner, and we appreciate her giving her time this evening, and we are just about out of time ourselves, so I want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate everyone uh, listening to Aging Matters. This is uh, always a fun show, and we enjoy uh, being able to share this great information. So you can catch us next week at 7 o'clock. That's every Saturday night at 7 o'clock. I'll be here. Nicole will be here. Cooper will be here, and we'll do it again. We hope you'll be here to join us. Thank you so much for listening. This is News Radio 680 WPTF.